Hi, this is Alina Kanner and Megan Barrington, and you're listening to Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast, where we dive into all things health, wellness, and fitness. We are two certified athletic trainers who met and graduated together from the University of Arkansas, and we wanted to do this podcast to spread our joy about treating our bodies well through nutrition, exercise, and knowledge. Okay, so this week we're doing something a little bit different. Um, I'm going to be interviewing Megan so that you can get a glimpse of the wonderful Megan Barrington. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> it's going to be fun. We're going to ask you a bunch of questions and so people can learn a little bit about our hosts. When I wrote up these questions, I didn't give you any clues, really. We just talked about things that were off topic. But I have a bunch of questions ranging from funny to not funny. So we're just going to go all in. Are you ready? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's call it ready. Okay. <laughs> um, so when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, well, my earliest memory, um, I remember watching the movie Flipper and I like loved the movie Flipper. I wanted to be a marine biologist. Really? Um, yeah. I also, so my dad's a veterinarian. Um, so I grew up going to work with him and I never actually wanted to be a vet, but I thought I wanted to do, I always loved science, which go figure. I still love science. Um, but yeah, marine biologist, but I don't think I actually like understood what that entailed. Um, and then as I got older, I kind of realized that I didn't really want to be a marine biologist, but <laughs> I think ocean life is really cool. Yeah. Um, but then I don't, I don't honestly have any recollection between like age of five until about 15. But when I was 15, um, I was really involved in a lot of sports and, you know, get injured because I was 15 and 15 year olds get injured playing volleyball. Um, I was playing volleyball pretty much year round. Um, and I, had a really awesome physical therapist. Um, and so I knew at that point that I wanted to be involved in sports medicine. And to some extent, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to be a doctor um, or a physical therapist. I didn't even know what an athletic trainer was, but um, we'll get to that later, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I knew I wanted to do something with sports and with being active. I literally always, ever since I was exposed to the weight room um, in high school, I was like the only girl in my class that actually enjoyed like trying to max with squat and deadlift and things like that. So um, yeah, I knew I wanted to do something, something active and something that promoted um, movement, healthy movement. Cool. When did you uh, decide on athletic training? <laughs> I actually, so I went to UW, um, University of Washington, Seattle for undergrad, and I was pre-physical therapy until the last quarter of my undergrad, <laughs> which <laughs> I, uh, so I was at that time, I was working as a, um, an aide in a physical therapy clinic, um, ProLiance Physical Therapy in Bellevue. They're pretty awesome, actually. The owner is still there, and he's amazing. He loves the Huskies, which I think is probably why I got the job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was working as an aide in the clinic, kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then I was also doing an internship with um, Husky sports, uh, but predominantly football. I was working with their football team as kind of an athletic training intern. So um, just sort of getting exposed to that, that group of people that works at Washington. They're the, some of the coolest people I've ever met. And I just, I love them having them as mentors. And it was actually a pretty like stressful quarter for me because I was trying to figure out, like, I was like, oh my God, I, I really thought I wanted to do physical therapy and now I'm, you know, working in a college sports setting. And I just think it's, it's amazing just like the level of the athletes that you're working with and like they get to do all their rehabs in house. Um, 
which that's that's something that's pretty um, exclusive to like college sports as far as I'm aware at least at least right now with athletic training Um, I actually know that there's some other stuff that's coming up um, with physical therapy uh, in the future but I'm I'm not really sure how far along that is but I do know that I just loved working with them so that's why I ended up switching Um, and actually what kind of led to me applying to athletic training school was I kind of started to think like, oh, maybe I don't want to do physical therapy. Maybe I want to do athletic training, but I didn't really know what it would entail as far as getting there. So I, um, my mentor at Washington, um, he was roommates in grad school with, uh, Dr. McDermott, who's been on the show. Really? Uh, Yeah. And that was how I got connected with Arkansas is, uh, uh, Mike Dillon, who's at university of Washington. He connected me with, uh, it was actually Dr. Bonacci, who's the director, um, the, uh, program director, sorry, <laughs> program director. And so I ended up talking to him, but he, he knew Dr. McDermott as well. Obviously they worked together and Dr. Bonacci convinced me on the phone to apply to Arkansas. And I was like, okay, I mean, I guess I could just apply. And then of course I get in and then, you know, as, as you know, I got in and I was like, oh my God, I can't do this yet. So I <laughs> jetted off to New Zealand to be a nanny for six months. Cause I'm just, so glad I, you did that. Me too. Honestly, like I, I know that in our class, like it was so much harder for all the students who had literally just graduated from undergrad. And then two weeks later flipped over and started their master's program. Like, I'm so glad I took, I took an extra year off to continue my uh, internship with Washington where I was working exclusively, exclusively with football. Um, got a lot more experience, like in leadership where I was basically mentoring like the younger students and got a lot more responsibility as far as like communicating with with uh, away teams and things like that. I mean, obviously I was still an undergrad, so I wasn't able to do that much, but it was just nice to have kind of a leadership role. Um, Got to travel a lot, which was really amazing. Um, And kind of got to figure out, I was actually working four jobs that year um, before I went to New Zealand. I was working unpaid internship. I was working at Trader Joe's uh, one day a week, actually on Sundays, my one day that I could have had off. I was working (laughs) the 4 a.m. to 2 p.m. shift at Trader Joe's. I still can't believe I was doing that. Um, actually, Trader Joe's is a great place to work, by the way. Uh, and then I was working at ProLiance still as a physical therapy aide. And then I was also working at my gym, uh, the IMA, which is like the student gym at Washington. Um, and I was just teaching group classes. So I, I, I always do this to myself. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just consolidate and just focus on one thing. And then I'm like, oh, but I'm just so squirrely with all these it's things that I'm passionate about. Yeah, or I just um yeah, we can call it hustling, we can call it squirreling, whatever you want to do. But um <laughs> I've I have a hard time sitting still like mentally and physically. So um yeah, but I mean it was helped me pay the bills and most of my time was actually working with Washington's team um for you know, his unpaid internship. So I lived with my aunt and uncle for a while, but we don't need to get into all of that. But yeah, so that was how I ended up choosing athletic training and ended up at Arkansas and meeting Alina. Yeah. Oh my God. I'll always remember that first day. (laughs) (laughs) Basically to give you a little bit of a (laughs) understanding of how me and all my classmates met Megan, basically the first day of class, we all go in. I was late. Um, not because of anything. I just, I didn't know it was like a real because class. You're yeah. And you're so always late. I was a couple of minutes late. I sit down, whatever. And we all have to introduce ourselves. Now I'm like super shy, like not going to be the first person to introduce myself. <laughs> Megan just like jets her hand up in the air and goes, hi, I'm Megan and it's my birthday. And I'll never forget it. Never. Oh my God. And I'll also, if it was your birthday, wouldn't you say something? No. 
first day of class. I don't know who any of you guys I'm, are. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like one of those situations where the, do- the teacher, Dr. McDermott, I think it was. Yeah, it was evidence-based. Okay, give us your name and tell yep. us something cool about you. And of course, I'm going to say it's my birthday. Like there's nothing yeah. else interesting about me that I would share. So. And I was like, oh my God, she's pretty. I want to be her friend. Oh my that God. Was- <laughs> um, okay, let's go back a little um, into like your childhood. Give me like a couple memories, uh, maybe about like your dad being a vet, something that like inspired you that you hold on to today? Um, well, actually, yeah, actually. So growing up, I was, was really, really close to my dad. Like I was definitely a daddy's girl. I was not a mama's girl. Uh, my mom and I have always butted heads and I think it's because I love her so much. Um, we're really similar. So like I'm similar to my dad in like my calm and like practical level-headedness. And then I'm similar to my mom and my passion and like inability to like sit the hell down and chill <laughs> out. Um, so we tend to butt heads, whereas my dad and I can kind of like, you know, be pragmatic about things and discuss like adults. Um, <laughs> so I remember going to work with him. I still do this. When I go home, I still go to the clinic with him. Cause I'm like, are there any cool animals? Like sometimes they have camels at Wazoo. Like there's oh cool God. animals that are there. And I just like learning about like, you know, diseases and things like that, that most people of course are interested. Um, <laughs> so I remember I would go to work with him and I would like watch a calf be born or something. He would always get me those, uh, circus animal cookies, like the <laughs> yellow or the white and pink ones. Oh my God. I yes. I would get those every time as like a five or six year old. And then for the longest time I couldn't have them anymore. Cause I was just like so sick of them. <laughs> um, so I remember that, uh, what was, oh, and what else inspired me? So I also used to, um, I mean, my dad taught me how to shoot a gun when I was really young. Um, my dad taught me how to draw. I mean, I don't, I honestly don't feel like you can really teach someone how to draw because I feel like it's just kind of like ability. If you're artistic, you're artistic. If you're not, then you're not. But my dad is an amazing artist. And I think that's, it's definitely where I get my artistic ability because my mother cannot draw whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just kind of always inspired me to like, I mean, it sounds so, so cliche, but like you can do whatever you want to, you just have to be able to willing to work for it. So I definitely got my work ethic from him. Um, I pretty much constantly feel like I'm not working hard enough, uh, which I know is probably a fault. Um, because obviously ultimately what we all want is to just be, be content and be happy. Whereas content to me almost has like a bad connotation. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm satisfied with mediocre or I'm not getting better, but really it's okay to be like happy wherever you are. Cause like I've said before, I don't remember who we were talking to, but if you get hit by a truck tomorrow, you know, yeah. you gotta remember to love and have gratitude for what you had the day before that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, both my parents are super hardworking and like, they've always inspired me to go for what I want. Um, I've never, I've never been coddled. Um, but I definitely was not spoiled at all. Um, I always had to work for things, but I always felt safe. I always felt supported. Um, I've never felt like my parents didn't have my back, which I think I was kind of that kid that like, you know, ran naked in the fields and was just kind of like going for whatever, maybe because I felt so safe. So there's actually been some times where I'm like really struggling and I don't tend to talk about it when I struggle. We're like exact opposites. Alina mm-hmm. and I are. Yeah, we are with um, that for sure. When I'm when I'm struggling with something, I will try to just put my nose to the grindstone and just like figure it out in my head first. Either that or I'll just bury it, which is super unhealthy. But you've gotten so much better. Yeah. Well, I just I hate to bitch about stuff. Sorry, excuse my French, but like I hate complaining. Like if you don't have a solution, you have nothing like you 
unless you are actively working towards making your situation better, I don't feel like anyone should, should have any, any place to say something like complain about something, you know? Cause I always, I always prefer to try and problem solve versus just like wallow. Um, You have a very logical way of looking at life uh, and practical. That's always the one thing I've taken out of like our friendship is like you look at life in a very um, practical way. Yeah. It could be kind of, it's a protective mechanism. For sure. Because it's like, okay, well, I won't, I won't feel emotion if I just, you know, think about it logically. You've Um, definitely gotten better with like letting things out when. Yeah. And I cry more now than I ever have, which is really pathetic. Crying is great. It's not pathetic. It's like just letting your emotions release. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, But I don't, did you ask me? A question? Did I answer it? I don't remember. I think you got it. <laughs> okay. I think you got it. Sorry. We were talking Huge about tangent. Sh- that's fine. We were talking about struggles. So, what's something that you've been struggling with um, within the last year that you'd be um, willing to share? Nice plant. That was great. Um, so, we've <laughs> talked about this extensively. Uh, so, I have not competed um, in bodybuilding since April 2018. Um, so just some background, I think I've, I actually don't even think I said this on our intro podcast. So for anyone who cares or is listening, uh, I care. <laughs> Alina cares. Okay. I care. So, um, I started competing in the bikini division of bodybuilding the NPC division, um, in our, when we were in Arkansas in 2016. And since then I've done four shows total. Um, in 2018, I did two, uh, which actually, if anyone is thinking about competing, I would highly recommend doing more than one show that are really close to each other because your second show is always going to be better because you kind of know what your flaws were in the first show. And it's hard, it's hard to time, uh, like peaking, obviously. I mean, people get better at it as you, as you practice and if you pay attention to yourself, but it's definitely hard to do. Um, so I got, uh, so Emerald cup is the last show that I did. And Emerald cup is the biggest, uh, regional show West of the Mississippi. Um, there's a ton of athletes that compete in it and it's pretty competitive. Um, and I got second in my class and I mean, I should be happy with that, but I really wasn't happy with it. And I think it's just because I like, I know everybody probably thinks that they were going to win, but I genuinely thought that I like had it in the bag. Um, and I, I totally brought my best package. I, I worked so hard to get my composing proper. I worked really hard on my look. Um, I definitely grinded on the dieting and cardio front. Like I was just so freaking depleted. I I'm still proud of how I looked. Um, and I got second in my class to someone who I didn't really, I didn't really understand why she beat me, but I mean, bikini especially is super political. And so, and I mean, she was beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Everybody up there on that stage was beautiful. Um, I just didn't really understand why, because I seriously was like, Oh yeah, this is easy. I got it. No, I mean, I didn't think that going into the show, but like once I had gone through prejudging and like, I literally thought that I won. And then it just like wrenched my heart out at the finals when I got second, which I mean, everyone's like, Oh my God, is that awesome. But I was just, I was so not, not pleased with it just because I, I, it was like you thought you won and then all of a sudden you learn that you don't and it's just kind of like it's painful. I didn't I didn't even know what to think. Um so I was pretty like if I would have been able I talked to the judges after I waited it was probably like midnight when we got out of there. Um I waited to talk to the judges afterward and there was a bunch of like national judges there and 
just to get feedback. Cause I was like literally at a loss, like how can I improve? Cause I was like, okay, I, there must be something that I'm, that I'm missing. And they had nothing to give me, which was really disappointing. Um, especially at like that caliber of a show. Like I feel like the judges, especially a national judge should have some, something to say. I mean, my class was the biggest one and I'm tall. I'm almost five, eight. So we were like, I think we were the second to last class of the entire competition, which had gone for two days. It was the second day and it had started judging for, uh, the morning started at like 8am or something like that. It was crazy really early or maybe it was 10, but anyway, it was a really long day. So obviously they were all like, Oh my God, I want to get the hell out of here. It was, that was pretty much what I was taking it as. Um, and they didn't have any feedback for me. So it was just kind of like, okay, well shit, what do I do now? Like I, I don't know if I was kind of numb for a while with it. Um, and then I was sort of bitter and just sort of contemplating what, and it was hard because like this whole year it's been almost, I've almost felt like part of my identity has been like taken away because I was like, I don't even know if I have any interest in competing again, because I mean, I can, I love the gym and I'll always love the gym. Um, I'm always fascinated by nutrition. Uh, my body definitely had a really hard time this past year because of course, like an asshole after every show, I don't reverse diet properly, which anyone who's listening, make sure you reverse diet properly. If you compete. Um, I mean, it's just mentally more healthy and physically more healthy. Um, cause you're, I mean, you're, I mean, I didn't have a period. I, like just felt like a zombie. I was tiny. Like you don't realize when you're getting down to that point, like how tiny you are and how, how seriously sick you look when you're not on stage, you look sick. You don't look healthy. You look like an alien. Um, and I, I didn't really see that because I was just like grinding so hard. And like, I was also, I had a hour and 40 minute commute both ways. That entire time I was in prep, I was doing two hours of cardio a day. At least I was eating about a thousand calories and like I, looking back, I'm like, holy shit, I don't even know how I did that. I mean, and, and pretty much I would say most people who compete and get to a really high level are doing at least that. Um, so yeah. And so I was kind of just thinking like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like if I get to the national level, like I think it's getting so like popular, um, competing is getting so popular and it's almost like diluted out how, how like there's just such a, a large spectrum of like qualifications now. Like there's, there's people that go on stage that have no business going on stage. And then there's of course, like the pros who are like amazing and work really hard. Um, and I mean, everyone's working hard, but I just, I think that people don't realize how much it actually takes to be successful. And it's just kind of, it's kind of annoying. So um, I, I, I don't have any interest in taking any kind of like drugs or anything like that. Um, it's just not worth it to me. I mean, I don't bash anyone that does. And I know that a lot of people do um, because it's, I mean, it makes it a lot easier to kill yourself in the gym and with dieting. <laughs> if you're, you know, taking some sort of anabolic and I just don't have any interest in that. And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, they don't, they don't test for it. So people can do what they want. I just don't have any interest in it. Um, so, and some of the stuff that people take, I don't think is super safe. Um, and I, it's hard because it's all black market stuff. So it's hard to like find valid research on it. Um, unless you have a coach who's, who's really well read and a lot of them are, and a lot of them aren't. So it's also kind of a crapshoot with coaching. Um, 
but I know what I, Ty Woosley was my coach and he's an amazing coach. Um, really cares about his athletes, really knows like how to get people ready for shows and pays attention to detail. He competes himself and he, I don't even know like how he sleeps or if he sleeps because he's just like, he's insane. He's super responsive and a great coach. And I definitely, if I do compete again, I will definitely have a coach because it just, it's, it's so much easier to have that objective look on you versus you, you know, your, your hormones are all jacked up and you can't think straight when you're that lean. So it's like, yeah, it's just nicer to have someone else telling you what to do. So you don't have to think about it yourself. But anyway, so this past year, I've just been kind of like on the fence about it. Um, and if I do do it again, I don't want to be on the fence at all. Like you can't, you can't do that and be successful because you'll be miserable. Like if you 100% want it and you're passionate about it, you'll grind through anything and it won't be hard. I mean, it'll be hard, but it won't be like, you won't question it. Right. Like I never questioned it when I was prepping last year. Never, not once. Um, I questioned whether I was going to be ready, but I didn't question whether or not I wanted to do it and wanted to step on stage. And this whole past year, I've just been kind of like, okay, I'm going to take some distance from it. Um, I ate like an asshole for probably six months. I mean, that's all relative, right? So a mega <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't, most people don't Which eat is, like I do normally. And so yeah. like, I was just, I just was kind of careless. And I feel like I kind of like, it was almost, it was weird. It was like an out of body experience almost. Like I wasn't really paying attention to myself. I didn't really want to look at myself and I never got fat or anything like that, but I just like stopped, stopped training. Like I cared about myself. Um, and then it actually, uh, this is going to go way outside the question you asked, but it all kind of changed like until about May. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. This whole time I was definitely happy. Like I have a lot of amazing things in my life, but as far as like the gym goes, and that's always been a huge part of my life. Um, I was just kind of like, eh, for a long time. I mean, I did strong first, which was a great thing to do after competing because it put my focus on like getting strong and powerful. Um, and and like, also just, having like the um, focus of something that's not like objective where you're looking at yourself and more of a performance. Yes. It really makes a huge difference. I yes. think strong first was so good for you during that time period. It totally was. And then after Strong First, um, it was crazy actually. So I worked exclusively with kettlebells um, for like probably two months because I was just like, I can't do all this at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm going to die and I won't pass my test because uh, it's not easy by any means. Um, and then I went back to barbells and dumbbells and I was like, holy shit, I'm so much stronger. <laughs> like it was crazy. I mean, it's really cool how it transfers, um, which is why I'm such an advocate of kettlebells now, even though people a lot of people tend to think like, oh, kettlebells, like those are just like, like a BOSU ball balanced stuff. Like, no, they're actually a super legitimate tool. And if I was stuck on a desert island, I would probably take kettlebells with me. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's totally something like people wouldn't take food or anything like that. But you know, kettlebells, just in case I got to live. <laughs> uh, okay. So then in May, that was when I decided it was after my birthday. Uh, I decided to do the whole 30, which I'd kind of like thought about for a while because I've been having... I had definitely been eating more dairy, more sugar, uh, more processed stuff um, over the past year since competing. And like after competing, um, I was actually, uh, so when you get to that level of leanness, like your digestive tract, like your organs shrink, everything kind of shrinks because your body's like trying to conserve energy that any energy that it can. And your digestive tract really gets, it gets efficient with like certain foods that you're eating, but it's all really, everything is really, um, like vulnerable 
so if you just like trash your body after that, it's going to rebound and feel, it's just going to, inflammation is going to go crazy. Like, and I think I was kind of in that state for a long time and it was almost like I'd been there for like six months and I didn't really realize. And then I just kept, it just kept bothering me and my moods were like, like all of my PMS symptoms were horrible. Um, mostly because I mean, I have my theories, so I'm not going to go into them here, but anyway, I just like felt like shit like once a month and it was just, it was not fun. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do the whole 30. We'll see what happens. Like I want to be able to, you know, attest to it because I, I might tell like clients to do it, um, as sort of a reset for them. And it's not easy by any means, um, easier than competing for sure. Uh, <laughs> but most things are easier than competing. I think, um, yeah, almost everything is easier than putting a bikini on and going, yeah. Half naked on a stage <laughs> that you prepared for months for. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. That's kind of hard. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, looking back, yeah, it was, it was definitely Takes hard. Takes a special Which, person. Mm, well, it's my birthday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I did the whole 30 in, uh, my birthday's at the end of May. So it was actually June. And I think like, so I lost like 13 pounds, which is not what I expected at all. Um, mostly I was just like, okay, I want to see how I feel because I just, I felt like something was definitely off and it was pretty cool. Like the first two weeks, um, it was hard for sure. Like the first week, I'm pretty sure it was like a week before my period. And so I was like just bitchy and like craving things. I hope I'm not swearing too much. Most of our guests haven't sworn, but, um, so I was just craving a lot. And then like week three, I was like, oh wow. Like all these, like, I'm not like, I'm sleeping better. Um, I feel great in the gym. Like I just felt like my clothes were fitting different. Um, and like random things like my scalp, I've always had like, like, I thought it was just dry, like a flaky scalp and it went away completely, which was crazy. And my skin cleared up. Um, I haven't really, I had bad skin for a while after competing, like in January, it was really bad, especially like around my mouth. And I'm sure that's, that's all hormonal. Mm -hmm. Um, but my skin like completely cleared up. It was, it was super cool. And I was like, wow, I feel like I wonder how many people would notice just insane improvements in all of their ailments that maybe they don't even realize they had if they just eliminated all the bullshit for like yeah. a month, maybe longer for some people, which honestly, there's, it's kind of a toss up. Like maybe if you're eating really poorly, a month may just make a huge difference or maybe right. you'll need more time to make a difference. Um, but I mean, there's just certain timelines, you know, your skin repair or, um, <clears throat> turns over in a certain amount of time, your digestive tract, like everything kind of like turns over. So it just sort of gives you enough time. But so after the whole 30, I was just kind of like, I kind of realized again, like, okay, I do this for me and I do this because I'm passionate about it. And I, I want to be able to like give provide something. I mean, not like anyone wants me to provide it, but like, I just feel like I, I get inspired when I see other people working hard and like trying to make themselves better, um, or make themselves healthier or set a good example for their kids. Um, and I, I just felt like I was kind of lost because my, my purpose for so long was, you know, but getting on the stage and it was great that I could inspire people along it, but it wasn't really that like relevant to people. Um, and it also, it's like, I mean, my boyfriend is amazing and he was so supportive. We actually started dating like when I was going into prep for Emerald and that was by far the hardest prep I've ever had. Um, not because I was in a relationship, but because of like my crazy commute and like just how depleted I got, like as far as the food that I was eating and stuff. Um, and he was like supporting me the whole way. Um, but I know that it was hard on him. And like, I was just kind of like, I don't know if I... 
I don't know if I want to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's, again, it's not like completely off the table. I have some other goals right now that when I have something in my head, I, I can like, I feel when I'm going to have it at some point because I just, I want it so bad. I know that I'm not going to stop until it's mine. And I have some other things in the back of my mind right now that I, I just know that I'm willing to work for. Um, and competing is not one of them right now. So, uh, I mean, maybe someday, maybe I'll do masters who knows, but, um, right now it's not really in the cards, but that has been like the past year has been really hard. Um, and it's hard for me to talk about it too, because there's not a whole lot of people that can relate to it. So like, I've talked about you talked about you. I've talked to you about it. Um, because you've been there and like, you also understand like right now you're going through some stuff with your sport. Um, just sort of like, it's like you're laser focused on something and then poof, it just goes away. It's terrible, but like, holy shit, where am I? Like, I am just, it's almost like a cartoon that like runs off a cliff and they're just like sitting there waiting to fall to their death. (laughs) Like that's literally how I felt. And I was like, uh, okay, I need to focus on something else. So whole 30 was my focus right when I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm trashing my body and I just felt felt horrible about myself, honestly. Um, and whole 30 kind of changed that, but it also, it didn't like, okay, so now I'm lean ish again and I'm ready to compete. Like it wasn't that at all, which is kind of when I started it, that wasn't really the goal, but I was also kind of like, okay, I just need to get a little bit leaner, but it wound up being like, oh my God, I feel so good. Oh my gosh, everybody should do this. Like, I just want to be more, more useful and more functional and be able to like help people because our obesity epidemic is like, it's insane. And I know that most people don't, um, like a lot of people I know the reason that they are like digging themselves into this like unhealthy hole, which like, yeah, when you're like 25, 30, it, it matters kind of, if you try to keep up with people that are like healthier lifestyle than you, but it doesn't really matter that much. But when you're 50, what you do when you're 30, that's what gets you where you are when you're 50. So I think like, I mean, and it's also like, again, we get hit by a truck tomorrow. So do what you want to do. But I just feel like so many people kind of have that, that feeling that I had at the end of May, like I am trashing myself and I'm not taking care of myself. And it's hard to make a change if your social circle or if your, your education or, you know, your resources aren't really there. So I I just, I like to lead by example and like, I like to be approachable, um, to people because I want to be able to help them. Um, and so either way I'm enjoying my life in the gym and outside of the gym and just like being able to like feel super energetic and just excited about life. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited when someone at the gym is like, Hey, like you work so hard, like you inspire me or something like that. Like that's, I think that's what we should all be going for, you know, because everyone is struggling with something, um, including myself, but I just don't say it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that was been my struggle, but it's getting better. I mean, (laughs) ask me in a week when my hormones are different, but (laughs) uh, (laughs) we could go on about that forever and probably most of our audience will not care. So. Anyway. Um, that was really good. I'm so proud of you for thanks, Kenner, sharing all that. That was so deep. I'll let you have a sip My of water. My mouth is getting dry from all this talking. <laughs> Maybe you need your chapstick. <laughs> I'm used to listening. Oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> the weather is so dry over here now. It's crazy. Like, it's like, what, 90 degrees in New York? It's like- It was yesterday, and today is like 60 and raining, and I'm so happy. 
Okay. Well, today, well, it's not that cold here, but it just, it feels like it was summer two weeks ago. And now all of a sudden it's like, holy crap, it's cold in the morning. And like, we have to use our heater in the house and oh, my so lips are dry. So I don't like it. Um, that was great. Um, all right. So you dove into a lot of that struggle. And so would you say strong first and, um, whole 30 were your big turning points. So yeah huge for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say another one was, um, like Chaz and I went to Boston in May and it was just nice. Like, like you, you've mentioned this on the show. Um, so I started tracking my macros in, uh, 2015 when I decided I wanted to compete. Me and, and you did, the same. Yeah. I same time. did not, I did not stop until last year. No. When did I stop? It was like, I kind of like half-ass tracked them after competing. And of course I wasn't, I was like restricting and binging naturally, um, naturally, but like had my macros and was like logging into my fitness pal every day. Um, and still trying to like weigh things and stuff. And yeah. then I think I just decided to stop. And then it was kind of like, it was nice and it was nice to like have the freedom. And then like when I went to Boston in May, it was nice to just be able to like I mean, we're walking a lot, so we're traveling, but I'm also not worried about what I'm eating. I mean, I always, I mean, I'm intuitive with how like healthy things are. So I, I'm confident at any restaurant I can order the healthiest option. Um, and I know that that's just because of my mom was a dietitian and like, I just grew up being super anal about my nutrition, which, you know, could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, mm. but it's nice to be able to sort of feel okay about eating at a restaurant if you're trying to kind of make the right choices. Um, but whole 30 I didn't weigh or measure a single thing. And like, it's just insane how just eating real food, like that's literally yeah. all you need. And like the reason that everyone is looking for some sort of crazy solution is because literally no one is doing that. People what? are like, oh, let's do Weight Watchers. Oh, let's do yeah. like keto. Let's do this. Let's do that. And it's like, nothing is just like, okay, eat things that I only have one ingredient. Yeah. Right. What, um, with Whole30, what was the hardest uh, part for you to like cut out? Because I know you can't have sugar. You can't have grains you can't have a lot of stuff the hardest thing um hardest thing for me was probably like stevia like putting stevia and yeah. almond milk in my coffee like i when i'm like backpacking i'll drink black coffee but like i would prefer to have like a latte or <laughs> cappuccino or like something like i put stevia and um uh, almond milk in my coffee every day. And so that was hard because I was like, I love coffee and I feel like I needed the caffeine, but I just wasn't really like enjoying it. Like I look forward to that, you know, but, yeah. uh, I, it was crazy because that honestly, I feel like that was the hardest thing. Um, it was also, it wasn't hard. It's not hard for me to like choose the correct foods, but it was interesting thinking about like, oh, I can't have carrageenan or I can't like, I have to like double check like little things that I would normally just use like almond milk. I'm not not even think about yeah. ingredients. Yeah. But yeah. it really simplifies everything. And it was crazy how like my sweet tooth got reset and like my, I feel like my glucose tolerance got better, which I actually learned on a podcast yesterday. There's been studies um, about, so you have what's called the cephalic phase of insulin response. So when you're tasting something sweet, your body will like produce insulin because it's like, Oh, this is sweet. It's going to be sugary. So we're going to prep our body for the sugar in our blood. That's coming later. Oh, interesting. So we have some insulin already. Yeah. Right. So if you're always eating artificial sweeteners, 
So they've, they've said like, oh, artificial sweeteners make you gain weight. This potentially could be one reason why mm. they don't necessarily help you lose weight. Although they are better calorie wise than sweetening things with like, like real sugar. sugar. Yeah. But if you're always eating them a ton, then they can potentially decrease your insulin response to glucose because your body like, basically you get almost a little bit insulin resistant because it's like you get this artificial sweetener all the time in your mouth and your body like produces insulin all the time. And so your body doesn't respond to it as well. Similar to if you were actually eating sugar and always producing insulin and always having high blood glucose. That's so, and that, really interesting. Yeah. And I, I'd heard, um, I'd never heard that specific study before, but I thought it was really interesting. I was like, Oh, that makes total sense. This like, is I why just, I keep you around. See, just I, think facts. I, I think I sent you that podcast, but it's actually super cool. It was the, the genius life with Max Lugavere. Cool. Um, he's awesome. And it was, had a, uh, had a guy who's like a gut microbiome specialist who's really funny. He's like super nerdy and smart, but he's hilarious. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I'm not done with it yet, but I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. I like that. Makes a lot of sense though. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We talked about whole 30, kind of what you've been going through this year. Um, what is something you've learned in this process? What's like one thing you could tell somebody if they're struggling coming back from a show um, and they're not sure if they want to compete again, et cetera. What's um, something? Uh, having a support system is really helpful. And like, don't be like me, like <laughs> talk about it, show that you're sad. It's okay. If you're sad, like it's okay to complain. Uh, maybe not <laughs> complain, but just like show your emotions. For, for me, it was just like, I had to like, I had to take it away completely and put my focus into something else. Like I set like strength goals in the gym and like, honestly, that's way more fun for me now, which again, that's different. It's your freaking life. If you want like the, I think the reason why bikini and competing is so appealing to me is because like I lifting is easy. I love to do that. I'll nerd on that, nerd out on that all day. Um, dieting kind of sucks, but I, I always like to do the hard things. Uh, I don't, I've always been a black sheep my whole life. And so like, I feel weird if I'm not doing something different, which I know is kind of strange, but um, I, I just feel like I, I wanted to be doing something that is it's on my own, just me, because I just, I love that challenge. But the hardest thing for me is being like my stage presence and like being girly, because I'm really not girly at all. Like, I think it's because I put so much focus into grinding in the gym and like, I just like to be comfortable. Um, and I don't dye my hair because it's expensive and I don't want to have to redo it and I don't like my roots growing out or whatever. Um, it's pretty funny like- that bikini is like this, right? Like most of the girls I feel like that actually do bikini or bodybuilding are actually like super, super down to earth and yeah. not into the glam aspect. Yeah. It just takes a lot of time that I don't yeah. like to spend my time in, but that's just, that's just me. That's how I am. But that said, like when it's, when it's done, it's cool. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. But I'm like, I would not go to Sephora and spend $500 on makeup. Like I just don't care. Right. (laughs) And I just don't care about like buying a lot of like just accessories and things like that. Like I just, it's just not me. I don't know. It's my dad's fault, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, so I, what was your question? What do I Uh, So like perspective you'd give to somebody else after have a good support, have a good support system. Uh, I don't know. I just ask yourself, (laughs) no, ask, well, yeah. I mean, 
but it's like, how do you have a good sports home? Like, here, come support me. Like, if you don't have one in place, it's kind of shitty. But so mentally, what you can do on your own, <laughs> um, just kind of like, if you're, think about like ultimately why people, why people should work out or why people should train. It shouldn't be to look good. It should, it's, it's almost like you want to be looking good from the inside out, right? You want it to be like a useful person, a useful human being. So be a good mom, be a good friend, um, be a good girlfriend, whatever, wife, uh, husband. I mean, if you're a man, um, uh, I just, there's so much more that I've gotten mentally out of bodybuilding, um, than being able to get super shredded and like grow muscles. Like I'm, I love growing muscle. I think it's cool. I love to be able to like set a goal, set an intention and work towards it, chip away at it. And then be like, Oh my gosh, I built that. That's fucking cool. (laughs) But it's not like that. I want to be like looked at all the time and thought like, Oh wow, she did a good job. Like, no, I want to be able to like inspire someone else or teach someone else. Like, Hey, I wasn't able to do this last week, but I've figured it out now. And I want to be able to teach you because I want you to feel empowered because that really will just have a ripple effect. So try to think about more instead of consuming and just like comparing yourself to everyone else who is in prep still, because that's probably one of the hardest things is like, you're on your way out. You're probably not even reverse dieting property. And meanwhile, all these other girls are like going to nationals and like peak week, blah, blah, blah. Like looking amazing, like two days out, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's easy to be, it's easy to be like, yeah. Oh, I want to go back on stage, but you're just try to try to put things out into the world instead of just like consume them. And like, honestly, I scroll, I barely scroll through Instagram anymore. Um, like at all, like I have like you, I have notifications for when you post something because Oh really? Yes. But like, I just don't shit otherwise. And like, maybe like content with, I've been way more into like movement now because I just feel like it's, it's more useful. Like it's going to be more helpful for people and it's going to be more helpful for me because ultimately I want to feel good. Um, and if looking good is a good, whatever that's subjective too. If that's a result, then cool. But if you don't, if you're not doing it for the right reasons, it's just so fragile. I mean, if you're moving right, your body's probably going to look pretty good. That's my way of doing things. Cool. Like we should all be taking care of ourselves. We take care of our kids and like so many, so many moms I know, like they end up like not taking care of themselves because they're prioritizing their children, which obviously they should. I am not a mom. So I can't say that like I can understand, but like my best friend, Cammie had a baby in May and she, she's working out. She's making it work. She's working out at home. Her baby watches her workout, which honestly, that's the greatest freaking way to raise your kid is like, yeah. by example. And so I know when I have kids, that's how I'm going to be too. But I understand there's obviously like there's seasons of life when you don't have time to do things, but you should always be doing something for yourself to make yourself better and take care of yourself just like you would take care of anyone else. So right on to my next question. What (laughs) do you do? Like self-care, what's something that you do? Like maybe, I don't know, once a month, once a week, whatever, something you do that you think uh, has to do with self-care. Um, Jazz to make fun of me. Every night I drink calm, which is <laughs> magnesium. It's like the magnesium citrate drink or whatever. Oh, nice. Um, because it just like I don't know, it makes me sleep better. That's not really self-care though. It's just kind of like no, that's self-care for sure. But uh going to the gym. Well, is not the gym. Self-care. Okay. 
Um, I get pedicures sometimes. <laughs> okay, um, that works. That fits the bill. I walk my puppy. Yeah. Um, if I'm trying to like walk briskly, then I it's kind of a pain in the butt because he doesn't really comply. He's asleep <laughs> right now. He's being very compliant. I'm gonna show a picture for you too. Look at that Aww. guy. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I don't know. That's hard. No, that's fine. This is a bad this is a bad answer because I'm not really I don't feel like I need that much. No, I think you do more than you think and you just don't realize that the, it could be classified as self-care. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know? I said gym because that's honestly yes, like that works if I too. could choose one thing, that's what it would be. Um, and Or like go on a walk, just move, get physical yeah. activity and do it for myself. Um, and because usually I, the way that I would interpret self-care is like if someone were to get in my way of it, it would feel like they were like cutting me <laughs> or like, you know, hurting me, you know? Yeah. So when I feel like that's like the one thing that I ask for. And I feel like I have so much more capacity for everyone else. Cause I tend to overtake care of everyone. I know that's why I can get kind of burned out is because I like, I take on, I'm like trying to help everyone at the same time and I don't need to because that's not my job, but I just, that's how I am. Well, it's interesting because the jobs that we're both in with that, the type yeah. of profession, it, it kind of is that you do end up taking care of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so giving it back to yourself and taking care of yourself is super important too. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we always put ourselves first. We tend to like with the athletic training profession, it tends to be like a people pleaser, um, always trying to help others. We're very giving, very caring, but we always have to remember we need to put ourselves first sometimes too. Yep. Um, I like to make people feel safe. Yeah. That's so at Arkansas, you did a bunch of research. What's the biggest thing you took from your master's in athletic training or just your time there? What's like a memory you took from there? That's so funny. I just made a video for Arkansas because Dr. B asked me to. Um, well, uh, I would say probably the friendships and like, so obviously you're like one of my best friends. Um, mm-hmm. We definitely got that. Carlane as well. Um, and then just like everyone in our class, like, even though I'm not super close to that many of them, like everyone, we all got pretty close as far as like, just spending a lot of time together. And so yeah. I, I'm proud of every single one of them because everyone went in a different direction. Um, but I would also say, so exposure to research and <laughs> I wanted to do a thesis. Uh, I wrote a grant to the NATA to get it, to get a potential grant. I didn't get it, um, which it wouldn't have been, it was like a thousand bucks. So it wasn't going to be enough to do what I wanted to do anyway. Um, but (laughs) it's funny because everyone hated evidence-based like medicine, that class, except for me. I know. Uh, I I don't know. Cause I just like, I think it's freaking cool. Like just learning about like all the prospects that we're learning about, which the actual process of research research is a lot more tedious and annoying than like reading a paper that's like already been worked on, but writing that grant, like it was like 20 pages. Um, and just like, it was almost so with the grant, it was like I had to propose what I wanted to do, which was I wanted to track cortisol levels. So like stress hormone levels um, with, I was going to do college football players. So I was going to use Arkansas's football team um, from preseason all the way through the season and just sort of see like how they, how they changed. Were and you like, going to do it with saliva? Who got injured? I, yes, I was going to do saliva, which those tests are really expensive. Very. So you're going to do saliva cortisol. Yeah, right. Which is why $1,000 is not going to cover anything. <laughs> right. Um, 
but it's just like, it's, so I wanted to track and see like, you know, if it correlated with them being stressed about school with finals or with like preseason or with end of season or with social things or with injury rates and things like that. Um, because I just, I mean, I, my hypothesis was that they would all correlate or like yeah. maybe people would burn out or maybe their levels would be different, which now like after this last like three years, I've learned so much more about like the body yeah. and the stress response and like chronic stress and like what actually happens. It's not just cortisol. There's a lot of other stuff that goes on. And like, if you take a snapshot at the very end of something, you may miss a bunch of things that happened in order to get there. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I think the process of like of research is cool and it's, it's so applicable to bodybuilding too, because even if you don't compete in bodybuilding and if you're just, if you're just trying to like, okay, I want to grow this muscle or I want to get stronger at this. You just have to like be methodical about your process and like actually change things because the body will adapt. Right. Um, so uh, I think the the process of research and being evidence-based and really just like being a critical consum- cons- consumer of research <laughs> um, was something that I took away from that because uh, now it's like I read like you read like, I don't know freaking New York times. And there's some article about like something science and you're like, okay, we're going to be critical about this because this is written for people who are not science-based at all. And it's like, it could be, you know, research is great. And it gives us like, oh, this is interesting. We're going to look more into that. But if you can't replicate a study or if there's a bunch of confounding variables, like most people wouldn't even be able to like figure that out. Most people just, you know, watch certain documentaries that I'm not going to mention and be like, Oh my gosh, I need to do this because this documentary said that when it's like really a political documentary that like was basically these people were paid to like swing you a certain way. And you're just going to take it for take it for the truth because it's the one side that you heard. So, um, yeah, being, being a critical consumer of research is definitely something I took away from Arkansas. Um, and I think that it will make medical, any medical profession. So not just athletic training, but like, you know, uh, physical therapy, orthopedic surgeons, um, just doctors in general. And just like being more, just being more critical about things, even though there's got like 10 authors on a paper and like, there's a bunch of references that does not necessarily mean that it was a well thought out study or that there aren't holes in it. Um, so just always being, always be cynic, cynical and, uh, critical of everything, which, you know, that just goes along with my practical self and <laughs> I am an optimist I promise but I'm always like there's gotta be a hole here so yeah yeah um, definitely took that away that was great yeah I mean we did a lot of research stuff in Arkansas so that makes a lot of sense cool. um all right what I know you have a few tattoos <laughs> oh. I know it's, it's random uh-huh what do they mean I just so, love them honestly I love them and I think they're cool and I've, I wanted to, to share the, the I forget love. that I have them because they're in places I can't really see all the time. Um, so that sounds really bad. Let me clarify. Uh, <laughs> so I have one on my right shoulder blade. Um, I got it when I was 21. Uh, and it says honor over splendor in Latin. Um, so my, uh, I have a, a family crest from the Barrington side of my family. And I usually wear it in, on a pendant on my necklace. Um, it's got like two lines on, it's like an actual crest, but at the bottom it says honor over splendor, honesta quam splendida in Latin. And uh, I actually wanted it. So my little brother got it first. And then it was funny cause I was like, I think, yeah, I was still at UW and I was home for like summer at one point and I went into the gym with my dad and like, he's like stretching and he, I see on his, 
on his arm, on his belt, he has the tattoo. And I was like, oh my God. My dad was like, you guys can't watch TV during the week. You're never going to get a tattoo. He almost kicked my brother out of the house for getting his ears pierced. Like total straight laced. Yeah, right. Total straight laced dad. And he has this tattoo. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, I'm going to have to get it then. I didn't want to get the crest because it's huge. Um, so I just got the words, but, uh, and I mean, it's obviously it's like something I have with my dad and my brother, but also honor over splendor. That's kind of how I, I try to live. Um, because I feel like it's way more important to be, um, have good character than to like try and like pretend you're something you're not. Um, in every difficult situation that I've been in, um, (laughs) way back to even like high school, uh, that I can remember being honest, even if it was late, even if it was late, um, being honest and communicating and just being real is terrifying, but it's always paid off. Even if it's like a little painful, like taking off a bandaid, um, it's always paid off versus just like trying to like pretend you're something you're not. So honor over splendor means, means a lot to me. And it's try to, it's something I try to live by. Um, and then the second one, uh, I got when I was in New Zealand, um, it's on my left side of my rib cage, like under where my bra is hurts by the way. Um, if you get one there, I was also sick when I got it and I was like trying not to cough and ruin it. So it was pretty awful, but I got that one with my host mother, actually shout out to Michelle. She listens to the podcast. She's amazing. And I miss her so much. I miss all of them. Uh, but so it says Kia Kaha, which is, uh, stay strong in Maori, which is the, um, indigenous culture of New Zealand. And, uh, that one, I mean, stay strong is more than just like physical to me. It's just like, be mentally strong, be emotionally strong. Um, so I feel like they kind of go together, um, honor over splendor and stay strong. Like they kind of, kind of roll off each other a little bit, but it's both just writing, both just random fonts I found on DeFont, I think that I just really liked. Um, and yeah, I, uh, <laughs> when we were in Arkansas, I think I talked about this. I really want to get a compass. Yep. Um, you're going to do it I when just, you come visit me. If you pay for it, I will. Um, but I just like, I've been not spending a ton of money on myself lately. So besides, you know, lots of money on competing, which is also another reason why I'm not doing it right now is that it's so <laughs> expensive. Um, but yeah, I just, it's not that I don't want to get it. I just like haven't, my body's always going to be there to be tatted up. So might as well just not do it. But Wait a yeah, little bit. I wanted to get a compass because I feel like it's really important to follow your inner compass. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. Those, those are the tats. Okay. Two more questions. What is your first memory of me meeting me? Hmm. Oh God, this is going to be horrible. Oh no. <laughs> I remember when you got kicked out of class for talking. Oh gosh. But <laughs> That's, but that has nothing to do with the first that was like second year. First memory. Oh, yes. Okay, first memory. God, I don't uh let me think. Oh man. I Dr. remember I remember going to your apartment and drinking lots of tea. Uh I remember I mean when we were competing when we were in prep together. No, but that's like, not the first memory. Dude, I don't remember. I'm trying to think of the Where first memory. Grade? I can't remember. <laughs> do you do you remember it? Uh yeah. The first time we hung out? Yeah. It was the first um the first party. We were going to Spencer's house and you gave me kumquat, the vegetable, and I had <laughs> a massive allergic reaction. Oh my god. <laughs> and my eyes were watering the entire night. I had to go home early and take Benadryl because you were like, Oh, yeah. just try it. It's a really good vegetable. Uh, I actually do you remember don't even that? really like kumquat. No, I don't remember that. But 
Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I but somehow you. we're still friends, so thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I well, I remember. <laughs> I don't know if I should even say this. So when you compete, when you get a spray tan, you have to be completely hairless. Oh yeah. And it's really hard to shave your own ass. <laughs> so I shaved Delina's butt. And I shaved yours. Just just the cheeks. Yep. <laughs> well, you have no choice, really. All the you world knows. I know, because it's hard to, to see. That. It's got a little like, peach fuzz all over. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then you have to stand there while they spray you. Mm-hmm. It was a one time thing for me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you didn't enjoy that? Weird. No. <laughs> Very cold, especially when you're like 9% oh body fat. Oh, my God. Not okay, anyway, next um, question. Last question. It's kind of along the lines of what do you do to move your brain and body that we like to ask our guests. But instead, I'm going to put a little twist on it because we obviously know you use the gym and that's how you move your body. What do you do to move your brain slash what are you currently reading? Oh, oh, okay. Uh, so to move my brain um, – <laughs> Well, currently, I am reviewing algebra because I'm studying for the GRE. Uh, that's complete sidebar. But uh, I love listening to podcasts. Uh, I have to drive a lot for work. Um, and I just I love to go on walks. Um, and I typically cannot sit still and listen to podcasts unless I'm required to because I'm in traffic. Um, so I love to walk, love to listen to podcasts. Uh, my favorite ones... Uh, I've been listening to Mind Pump since episode one, and honestly, like a lot of their information. So, if anyone's listening who is into fitness or getting into fitness, their information about fitness is amazing. Um, they also just like talk about like random like uh, current events like in the news that are not fitness related at all, and they're just they're they're awesome guys. They've been personal trainers for like five hundred years um, combined. They're not that old. Uh, so I've been listening to them, and it's almost like I'm listening to like my brothers. Um, because I just feel like I've been listening to them forever. Uh, they're awesome. Uh, and then I love like the genius life with Max Lugavere. I love, um, Joe Rogan's, um, debates. He tends to have really good debates, but I cannot listen to every podcast of his cause they're just so long. And half the time I have no idea who they are and I just am not interested in the topic. Um, I also love, uh, what else do I like? Just like anything nutrition and health related, um, Dr. Ruscio, I really like him. Um, Chris Kresser, I really like him. Uh, what else? Oh, good resources. Recently, yeah, I've been recently listening to um, Just Fly Performance. Uh, I can't remember the name of the host, but he he's just like a performance sports performance coach, um, and he's just got a ton of really cool guests on there that are. It's kind of some of them are kind of like. Um, a little different, um, or like kind of like niche type things, but I, I just love that kind of stuff because like anyone can go on YouTube and just like see the general like rehab exercises or whatever, but it's just nice to know things from the inside out and just people that are great thinkers and just like, you know, expanding their field. Uh, yeah. So podcasts. And then currently I'm reading, um, I just bought grit because Dr. McDermott recommended it and I've wanted to read it forever, but then I'm actually in the middle of reading why we sleep, which is a Mm. book. Um, I don't remember the name of the author, but it's super super fascinating. Yeah. My friend Felix, um, lent it to me. And, uh, I mean, I knew a lot, some of this stuff already, um, just because of other books that I've read or just things that I've learned, but some of the facts in it are like insane. Yeah. Like just like things that make sense, but also like I had no idea. Um, and it's just, it's really interesting just learning more about sleep because it's something that so many people would benefit from 
like addressing in their health journey if they're concerned about being healthier or like even like chronic diseases or yeah. even just getting sick. Like I, if I take two days and I like get terrible sleep, I start to get sick. I can feel it. And then if I just like slow down and sleep well, um, I just, I feel like I can, t- I just feel like one reason why I've been able to like not get sick very much is because I prioritize like getting the right amount of sleep. Um, We're going to have, um, I think a sleep specialist. She wrote a book on sleep. I cool. emailed her today. So hopefully she gets back to me and we'll get her on. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm reading. Um, cool. I also started, uh, I'm really bad at sitting down. I told you, um, and book, <laughs> usually if I read a book, it like puts me to sleep, which is great, which honestly a book on sleep is great to put you to sleep. Um, <laughs> but I was also reading sapiens, which you sent to me and that oh, was yeah. super interesting it's too, dense. but it's yes, dense. it gets very like the, about a hundred pages in and then I'm sure it gets better. But uh, yeah, so sleep, the sleep one is way more interesting than that right now. And then there was another book. um, Sorry. I know that was one question, but I, I'm realizing I actually do read a decent amount. Um, The book, what was it called? Uh, It's called power up your brain. And it's so interesting. It's a neuroscientist. This is the one you shaman, sent me. Yeah. A neuroscientist and a shaman that co-author this book. And it's just so cool to learn about like the brain and like, you know, mindset and just how it can affect your physical being and how it can affect the rest of your nervous system. And like, I don't know, it's kind of interesting because you'll see like, oh, this is why acupuncture has been around for thousands of years or this is why meditation has been around for thousands of years. And like people think it's like woo-woo, like, oh, that's like never something I would try. Like, let's just take some drugs. Like, yeah, no, but there's a reason why it works. And there's a reason yes. why people who didn't have those drugs were implementing it, right? And there's because a reason why those people that things. didn't have those drugs back then were healthier than we are as a population. Right, right. Not I mean, yes. Acute stuff. I'm just talking about yeah. like chronic long-term stuff. We are so unhealthy and we just go quick to that pill whereas like no I much rather take the like yeah well the functional approach but it's hard because I know you and I both really feel like functional medicine is where people need to be going and like just if people were more active your body would just do things better or eat better I mean medicine right it goes back to those core values right just like focus on those things and then start looking at all the weird stuff yeah but but at the same time like people don't have that education um people I I would think that everyone's got excuses and like some people generally like, you know, food deserts don't have the resources or the education, nor the education. But I just think it's like, there are definitely things that as a society, we could probably um, encourage slash uh, subsidize less or more. Uh, just that would be better for our longevity, but I just don't think that's the way our medical system is set up, unfortunately. Um, yeah, but anyway, we can definitely have we can someone do a whole episode because it. I could talk about it forever, and I'm sure no one wants to hear me talk about that. Wait, sidebar, my oh, co-star, sidebar. you know the co-star app? It just said a dialogue is not the same as a monologue. It just messaged me that right now. How weird is that? Huh. Well, this is definitely a monologue, so that's because you're asking me all the questions. Yep. Anyway, mm-hmm. so this is great. Um, all right. So that was perfect. Thanks for letting me interview you and ask you all these crazy questions. You're welcome. Uh, Look out next week because I went first. So now you're yeah, screwed. Yeah, so now it's me. <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> Bye.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast. Join in every week as we release new episodes. Subscribe or leave us a rating at Apple Podcasts. If you have questions or topics you would like us to cover, please email moveyourbb at gmail.com or send us a message at our Instagram handles at megzy 72 and at Alina Kappa. Thanks for listening. <laughs>